So the name's Frank Davis with House of Canine located in Porter, Oklahoma. Um, I've had dogs all my life. I started off when I was 14 years old. I have a had two Doberman Ventures of Bonnie and Clyde, so this really started the journey. But, of course, through my adult life, uh, work was the main focus. And until I got into my um, 50s or 40s, late 40s, and we took an interest in the Belgian Malinois, started researching, and finally uh, got us a, a Belgian Malinois uh, named Maximus Samuel, and he's really the one that started this whole journey for us. What was it about the uh, Belgian Malinois that intrigued you? You know, it, it was really multiple things. Looks, obviously, were, you know, this just a beautiful animal. And then it, it is, you know, they're just brilliant. Everything you look at, you know, they're uh, when you start researching these dogs, they're so easy to, to train. Um, there's a lot of misinformation out there about, you know, that, hey, nobody should own, you know, if you don't have experience, you shouldn't own one, you know. And, but I will say this, that everybody that does have one was a first-time Malinois owner at some point. So, you know, I encourage people not to listen to that noise. Um, when people say, hey, don't get one, they're, they you will never succeed with them. They're too much dog, et cetera, et cetera. I will say that, they are a lot of dog, um, but if you do your research and you make the conscious decision that you're ready to take it on, then do it mm -hmm. because they will change your life. They're amazing animals. Um, they're great family dog. A lot of people say they're not family dogs, you know, and it does really have to do with the temperament. So mm -hmm. if you're ever looking at the Belgian Malinois, you know, make sure that you get a breeder that understands why they're breeding animals, the two animals, and and what temperament that they're going to get, and that the breeder understands which puppy needs to go where. Mm -hmm. I think that's really the biggest one. You know, if you look online and and somebody says, "Okay, I'm thinking about getting a Malin, Mal, Belgian Malinois. What should I, what should I be looking at?" And and just about every host you know you'll see these people saying well first they'll ask a whole lot of questions from the person that posted you know what are you going to do with the dog why are you getting the belgian malinois etc cetera, etc cetera. these are these are two strangers talking to each other and in my opinion that that person that asked all those questions has no right to ask those questions mm -hmm. you know the, the person in the post asked hey i'm thinking about getting a belgian malinois what should i be uh, looking for, et cetera. And I think the answer would be a good breeder, uh, temperament, and an understanding of, of, of the breed, not why are you getting the dog? Why are you, you know, choosing, et cetera. Those, so that, those, for me, those are the biggest uh, issues. I, I think that anybody that's active, um, should certainly be looking at the Belgian Malinois. As far as any other myths, et cetera, I think that's really the biggest one. I don't know that there's any other. So they're very loyal animals. Um, they're easy to teach for everybody in the whole family, yet it does take a qualified trainer to not only teach 
dog, but also most importantly, train the human. And this is really where many people fail is getting the training for the human, the human understanding uh, how to communicate with the dog, what what the dog needs, and, and, and et cetera. So I, I, you know, I encourage people that are interested in the dog to, in the Belgian Malinois, or any dog really, to, you know, get the proper training from a qualified person. I, I find a real big problem with board and train. Mm-hmm. And the reason I do on, on the large part, because most board and trains, number one, they take a young dog, very young dog, and as soon as they take it in, they slap an e-collar on that dog and and uh, they, they get it to do certain things. Yes, the, the dog's going to be very obedient as any dog or person would under such circumstances. But um, what happens is or what doesn't happen is the human doesn't learn anything. And education is key with these dogs. You've just got to under, you know, you've got to learn as a human how to communicate with the dog and 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 always always throughout the life of the dog to be working with the dog you know with board and train you might you know you get your dog back after a month five weeks or whatever it is they give you a short introduction and most often the dog is back into board and train within three to six months or they're being put up for adoption Mm -hmm. And, and um, you know, I, I have a real problem with that. So I, you know, I would say for the Belgian Malinois, any working dog, um, get the proper training for the human side. Understand understand the dog and what it's going to take to um, to excel with that dog. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of work, you know, no doubt. It's a lot of work. So if you're a lazy person and you think you're going to get a beautiful Belgian Malinois and stick it in the backyard, please don't. Through time, it just evolved into you know a dog that was used for protection and 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 detection and just so many different things. The dog is Belgian Malinois is so versatile um, because it, just its genetic makeup is pretty awesome. Um, they're great search and rescue dogs. They're great agility dogs. They excel in dock diving. You know, of course, in uh, in protection. They, they, they're just great dogs and military and, and, um, police departments just love this dog because the, the ease of, of, uh, the learning curve for the dog and, and the eagerness for the dog to please and just jump right into situations. Now this, understand this isn't true for every single Belgian Malinois because just like every breed, every dog or every puppy out of every litter is different, mm-hmm. you know? As a breeder, you might get one, maybe two, if you're lucky. Uh, a cane, you know, canines with a temperament that's going to be good for, for uh, you know, as a canine officer. Um, you're going to get a few sport dogs, and then, you know, you always have a pet in there that's just kind of a mellow dog. Um, and this is true with every, every, just about every litter that I've ever had, anyway. So when I'm when I'm looking at the, at the pups, you know, let me just say if I'm going to keep one of my own pups, then um, I, I know the history of the sire and the dam, which is super super important. Um, but I'm I'm looking for a really high drive 
dog. Um, probably out of the litter, the, the one with the most prey drive and the highest drive and, and is what I'm looking for. Now, if I'm going to select a dog from another breeder, um, for whatever reason it might be, it just kind of depends on, you know, what the dog is being used for. But for me, again, uh, it would be the drive in the dog and the level-headedness of the dog. But I'm also looking for, you know, if I go to a breeder and I want to see the sire in the dam, I want to interact with those dogs. Um, I also want to know that the, uh, a lot of health tests testing has been done on those dogs. I want to know when they were first bred. If they're bred before the age of two years old, I'm not interested in that breeder. I want to, I want to know that the hips and elbows are OFA certified, eyes are certified, and that DNA has been done on those dogs. And I'd like to look at those DNA test results so I can see what I might be looking at in the future is uh, on a lot of different levels. So DNA tells you a lot. Um, but having the, the hips and elbows done is key, uh, along with any other um, OFA certifications you can get out of a breeder, which is very rare, by the way. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard to get. I I search endlessly for good breeders that do that, and I, I just don't find them. Mm-hmm. So we used to be involved in shoots, and, uh, and uh, two of the dogs both have, you know, were. Grace and Max were both in, in the shoots, and we really did well in there. I do have to say that I, I'm not real big on on tracking, um, so it, it, that was a, a problematic for for us. Um, but I love the shoots, and I love the camaraderie in the shoots, and um, so agility was always a favorite of mine. I love the dock diving, um, you know. So now for us, it's just uh, they're family protection dogs right now mm-hmm. um and breeding dogs so our breeding program is it's small it is small we have uh, um, one one dog just had puppies and she's being retired this year and then next year we'll have two two females that have uh we'll have pups next year along with one sire and and that and then after that we'll retire we probably won't do any more so our, our pups are pretty in pretty big demand um, we're happy about that. We have a good name behind us. Um, but as far as activity goes now, they're our family dogs. We we exercise them daily. We challenge them all the time. Um, we take them everywhere we go, uh, depending. You know, we might take one one day and another another day. But uh, they love the water. They love the river. Um, they love their ball. They love their agility. Um, so uh, all of all of that. So. You know, a lot of people that all they'll do is import dogs, mm-hmm. and it makes no sense to me because there's a lot of Malinois in the United States. But again, you know, you've got to have a, a good conscious breeder, and this might be a reason to import a dog because if you know of a great breeder with a good breeding line overseas, then yeah, you might want to bring that dog in. Um, I, personally, I believe you should seek them out in the United States if you're in the United States. Um, because they're here. There's some great breeders here in the United States. So um, I, I, I would encourage the people to do that. You know, just like anything else, such as police canine, you know, you choose a dog out of whatever breeding line it is because you believe it's right for you. And, you know, you either succeed or fail. But most of the time, the failure comes from the handler. 
the training that, that, that they do with the dog. You know, I, at one point I, I, um, I made a comment on a post, uh, this woman, she was, um, she was in a national, in, in world championship for the USA. And I, I says, I, I admire, you know, uh, you and your dog. And, and, um, she kind of commented back. She says, the reason that you, you admire it is because admire is the wrong word. I, just so you know, I'm, I'm looking, I'm trying to think of the right word, but she came back and she says, you know, the, the reason that, uh, you admire again, the wrong word, but, uh, it's because you never work your dog. That's probably the biggest lesson I ever learned. Her name's Sandra Rollison, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, fantastic trainer, um, all types of breeds, et cetera. And, um, I'll never forget, you know, that, that life lesson right there is, uh, you know, um, work your dog, you know, because your dog, your dog, you can get these dogs, you know, just about to do anything you want them to do. You just have to work them. So I don't know that you can say that, Hey, this dog, this line over here that was KNPV, you know, they're KNPV dogs. Okay. So they have a name to them, right? Mm-hmm. That, that, that doesn't mean that they're all inclusive. That's all their, those litter mates are good for, right? Mm-hmm. Because again, out of every litter, there's different temperaments and, and for every puppy. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I kind of, you know, shy away from somebody that says, Oh, this is a KNPV dog. That's fantastic. That means that somebody worked their butt off to make that KNPV dog. So it's kudos to the dog. It's kudos to the handler. It's not always the dog. It takes a handler to make a great dog. It's like a, they say there's a great woman behind every great man or whatever that saying is. It's true of the dog as well. Mm-hmm. You know, so don't, I would say to people, don't judge that dog uh, solely on, on that title. You know, you have to look at the handler as well. It's just like, you know, a lot of people in the Belgian Malinois, German Shepherd world, they don't want you to have a Belgian Malinois unless you're going to use it in sport, which I find that totally wrong they should never make that opinion but they do um and they will judge you because because of that but here's a fact is number one it's hard to get into a shooting club uh-huh. there isn't enough of them number one right and then so, and then it takes a high quality uh leader in that club to 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 make a great club and, and it takes a lot of involvement. The club atmosphere is awesome. I mean, you get 10 people in a club or more and everybody has some knowledge. So you learn of, off of every one of those people. So the club atmosphere is, is great, but I will say again, you can't judge a dog um, because of titles. I don't believe it's right to do that. You can, you can say, okay, this guy is a, a level three, you know, shoots an IPO three, right? Mm-hmm. That means the dog and the handler kick butt. It's a team, right? The same thing with KNPV or PSA or, or even agility. You know, that 
just my opinion. I think, um, you know, there are some Malinois, just like German Shepherds or Dalmatians or anything else. There's in that litter, there's, there's pets, there's working dogs, and then there's, you know, possible canine or military dogs in there. Mm-hmm. So they're ball driven, ride, bike riding, swimming. Um, I have some friends of mine have a, have one of my Malinois. It's a family dog. They got two young children. And this Malinois, they have an in-ground pool with a fence around it. And that fence means nothing to that dog because when it wants to go swimming, it goes swimming. <laughs> so it's pretty It's pretty fantastic. But uh, hiking, um, the hiking, the biking, you know, just being very active, you know, getting into, you know, different sports, getting into AKC. AKC is pretty awesome because they have so, they're so diverse, including dock diving and, and agility and the confirmation and all of that. So I really encourage people to look at AKC and get involved with, with, uh, with that. It's pretty fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I find it amusing, you know, like you have some people that will say, well, I don't need AKC. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm looking for is the dog. Okay. One reason they don't need AKC is because I don't have, you know, AKC is a standard. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it, 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 it's, I, I love the AKC because it is a standard. It has a history, a huge history behind it and the pedigrees. Uh, looking at pedigrees and, and those things. Confirmation is really awesome because it shows how perfect or imperfect a dog might be. You know, then you have the agility and, and everything else that goes along with it. So, you know, for those that do not care for the AKC, that's their right. Then, then, okay, I, I, I get that. But, you know, what, what are you actually doing there? Are they, what are they doing with their dog? Maybe Schutzen, uh, maybe, maybe PSA, which is all good. I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna discourage anybody from any dog, you know? Um, I get a lot of people that come for training and they have dogs that are backyard dogs. I, and I never say anything. I only give good positive feedback for those dogs. Mm-hmm. Because in their own right, they have their own abilities, right? And I just try to help the owners train to the best of their abilities with, with those dogs and excel with those dogs. I think, again, you know, bigger's not better. Let me just say that. And you mm-hmm. get some people that have these big 85, 90-pound dogs. This is not better. They have a shorter lifespan. Um, and, but, you know, kind of in the Malinois realm, I think... Um, <laughs> smaller is better even in the males mm-hmm. um so you know i i like the standard that i have right now with my dogs my uh, my males are just over 70 pounds my females are right at 60 pounds so they're i, I like those but you know i have a friend of mine that has a, a male malinois that's uh he's about three years old he's that dog's 55 pounds and that that he's an amazing agility dog mm-hmm. and that dog has protected um uh the handler uh very well i mean 
mean, there was a German Shepherd after them one time. This dog, this German Shepherd's about a hundred pounds, and uh, it, it come out of an unlocked door out of a house. It was going for a walk, and this fifty-five pound Malinois took down that hundred pound German Shepherd, got him right in the neck, and and drug him down the street. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's the quickness of the the smaller dogs that will overpower the bigger heftier dogs so again i think it's uh you know um so i like the smaller dogs uh they're just quicker uh, to, to react and, and and more agility you know they're lighter they can jump higher etc cetera, etc cetera. so uh, bigger is not better in this situation i don't think so the dobermans i know really have been Kind of like the German Shepherd. You can still get some great German Shepherds, you, can, you know, working line German Shepherds. They're really overbred. There's a lot of inherent problems with them. I love them. I work with a lot of them. Um, the Doberman, I, I work with them as well, but I find the same kind of issues. There's health problems uh, within the Doberman. There's um, temperament issues with the Doberman because of the breeding behind them. Uh, don't trust you know, the Doberman as much as I do the Malinois. And the, the Dutch Shepherd and the Malinois are so closely related. It's really the same dog in, in different skin, you know? Right. Um, so it, it, they're so they're closely related. For me, the qualities in the dog are simply the drive and the brilliance um, and health. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just very healthy dogs. They great drive and and nice temperament at least our dogs are have a great temperament and they're very loving dogs i mean they you know it's not the belief that most people have that they can be a good family dog they really can be you know it's like anything else you treat treat them right and raise them right that's like having a child Mm -hmm. you know so you know they're just they're they're wonderful i mean i've had Again, I've had Golden Retrievers, I've German Shepherds, I've had Dobermans, I've had a Beagle. My life changed. Um, it, it just, it, it, it's a different dog. And, and again, they're not for everybody. And, you know, people would say the same thing about a, um, you know, a, you know, a Candy Corso. That, you know, that that's their breed of choice and they absolutely fall in love with it. You know, I've got a respect for them all. I, I just love dogs, yeah. you know, to be honest with you. I mean, I, you know, I, I train a lot of different kinds and, and uh, you know, there's some hard-headed ones out there and there's a couple that I don't care for so much. I still love them. I just don't care for them that much. Right, you're just not, same here. No, I get that. So what what was it about the tracking that wasn't as exciting as, say, the agility or the protection side of the sport? You know, number one, it's back-breaking, but it's slow. It's right. really painstakingly slow. You've got to be – you've got to have some patience built in, dude, for, yeah. for that. Yeah. I mean, it, it, and, and it, it requires a knowledge base, you know, and that's probably all you're going to do. You know, uh, as far as, you know, search and rescue people, that's all they do. They want a dog with a nose on them, good hunt drive, and, you know, and is a patient dog. So they're looking for a certain temperament. So it's a special dog that, that 
the search and rescue dog. Yeah. What are some qualities that you would uh, look for when you are selecting a dog for a specific sport like dog diving? So say, what would make a good uh, Belgian for a, a good dog diver? So again, it's the drive because, you know, when dog diving, you have an object out there and the dog is going after that. So it's the mm -hmm. drive for the toy. Mm -hmm. um, but I would suggest a smaller dog, you know, um, you want to, you want to excel, be the, you know, um, the one to, to win, right? So right. you want a smaller dog, but you want a must a good muscle structure in that dog. So I'd look at the parents and look for muscle structure. Um, as well as size, but to, to build on muscle structure, to kind of like my friends that have that dog goes in the pool all the time, that dog would be swimming all of the time because it, 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 it is about the, the, the structure of the muscle and how strong they are. Um, but it, definitely the drive, they've got to have the drive, and I would like a smaller dog for the dog diving. Right. I think it was really my love for the dogs and helping people. Yeah. You know, I found through my own experiences trying to get training, you know, that number one, you get, it's easy to get ripped off. Yeah. You know, you're never fulfilled and you never get what you should get. And I feel that most trainers, at least the ones that I went to, except for one, um, really held back on everything. They just didn't want you to know, right? And a lot of boarding trains are that way. They take your dog in, they're not gonna give you any information because they want you to repeat business they want you to bring the dog back so my focus was really helping people um i really take joy in in giving every person i come in contact with as much information about my experiences and how i train dogs um as i possibly can and i will tell you this i i tell every single person that you know that i work with you know, not every dog trainer and handler is the same. We're all different. And so if you ever run into a trainer that tells you they know everything, run. Because it's, it's just simply not true. You know, take a little bit from a lot of different people and, 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 and make them your own. Again, you keep learning all of the time from a lot of different people. And uh, I think Ivan is probably first and foremost, one of the best, you know, mm -hmm. there's a, there's another, I, I trained under a man named Scott Bacala and he's a national shoots and tra trainer. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's, he, he helped me tremendously. And, and, uh, you know, he, he just another good resource. He's here in Oklahoma. So it, for me, my type of training is just a combination that of, of everything I've taken from a lot of people. Um, I, I don't believe in heavy handedness. I uh, don't believe in yelling at your dog. I mean, the dog hears you. Um, so that, that's just my opinion. Mm -hmm. What are some uh, a, uh, activities that some of your uh, puppies have gone on to do? Oh, it's been a variety, you know, just everything across the board that they've been involved from police work to shoots into agility akc confirmation they're just it's all over the place you know we have dogs all over the united states um canada and mexico um you know large part of them are family uh family dogs and uh i would just caution people 
Um, if they're interested in getting one, find a qualified breeder that does does the testing and know what they're doing and knows which puppy to give to you when it comes time to puppy puppy pit, right? Don't just pick one. You can't just pick one. So if a breeder says, look, out of these three puppies, any one of those is going to be a good choice for you and your family, mm-hmm. you know? Or a police officer comes along, you know, he's going to use it for that type of work, say, look, bud, here's your canine officer. This mm-hmm. is it. Well, I like the looks of the other one. Don't look at looks. Looks mean nothing at the end of the day. I get so many calls from people that want a dark, everybody wants the dark colored puppy. Mm-hmm. You should never, ever look at a, a puppy because of color. You need to be looking at that dog because of temperament. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to love that dog no matter what. Don't love it more because it's a dark color. What do you do? Are are you just trying to show off? Is it a show dog? Is that what you want? I mean, that's my question. Yeah. And I shy away from people that want to pick up an animal because of color. I mean, we're not AKC confirmation. That's that's our main focus here. So people should be only interested in choosing a puppy because of temperament. You know, health is an issue. Or something, a, a, not an issue, but a consideration. Health is a consideration. Temperament is the other consideration. Color, the way the dog looks, etc. You're gonna fall in love with the dog anyway. So, take the advice of the breeder. Yeah. Some people are scared that the breeder's just trying to get rid of a dog. It's not true. No. A good, yeah. a good breeder is trying to give you the right dog. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Listen to your breeder. Yeah. I think. I think your question is more in line of, you know, dog is a dog, right? You know, I have more trouble with people. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I recently had a man come to me and he's got a, a Malinois a couple of years old and he comes to me for training. And he says to me, he says, Frank, you know, I want to do things my way. So just let me tell you, you know, and, you know, I let him tell me, you know, so it, most of the time, it, it's it, it's not the dog. It, it is the person that doesn't want to open up and listen to the person that they hired to do a specific job. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying I have all the answers and I'm the perfect trainer because there's a lot of people that are much better at it than I am. But, you know, I have my knowledge base and I have the way that I do things. And if you hire me, then please listen you know, and try it my way. That's all I ask. It's really never the dog. You know, every once in a while you have a dog that's, you know, six or seven years old. It's been a backyard dog. Um, they've never done anything with it. And all of a sudden you want to train this dog. It's just not happening. You know, you can teach an old dog new tricks, but if you got a dog that's just been sitting in the backyard, even for three years, you got a problem. Because that dog doesn't want to change. It's a free animal. It's almost feral, right? right? It it does whatever it wants. It's like recently I had a dog, it's a young dog that came to me and um, is about a year old, but they always let this dog, they didn't know to correct the dog or to teach the dog or anything. And this dog, he would go up there and grab the owner by the arm and pull him around. You know, and and the guy was like, "Oh, my dog is biting me," and you know, 
dog doesn't mind. Well, you know, when it comes to a dog minding, you have to teach the dog what you expect from the dog. You know, you can't, you, you know, you can't just tell the dog, you know, hey, go do this or don't do this, et cetera, et cetera. Dog don't know what the heck you're talking about, right? right. You have to communicate with the dog and teach the dog what you expect. You know, so when, you know, I almost, I chuckled myself when people say, hey, my dog won't do what I tell it to do. <laughs> you know, the dog will, the dog will do what you want it to do if you teach it. Right. You know, and I, what I find is many handlers say, you know, repeat commands, you know, so many times. And then they use multiple commands within a command, you know, like sit, sit and stay, down and stay. Yeah. Heal and stay and stay. It drives me crazy. Don't even use the, the term stay. Why would you even use that? Right. You know, you tell a dog to sit. Why would you tell it to stay? You right. know? Right. So it's really the handlers for me that, that um, you know, cause the most um, anxiety for me is they just don't listen uh, most of the time. So I get really excited when I get a young person or anybody really that actually will sit there and intensely look at listen and then take the technique that you taught them and put it to work you know that's all i ask you know out of anybody because that's certainly what i do when i have somebody teaching me i shut up and listen and i take and i work that technique as much as i can um so it's never really the dog unless they're set in their ways there's a backyard dog then you you created a monster and i've seen a lot of monsters I'm on Victor. I love the Victor dog food. Um, our female gets nom nom now, which is a human grade food, only when she's pregnant and uh, when she's nursing, we feed her that. Um, just because she won't, she won't eat uh, the Victor dog food or anything else. So she's a pretty picky dog. I love the Victor dog food. We also uh, supplement that with NutriVet, so we like the NutriVet supplements. Um, we do uh, use organ meat, so. Uh, liver, heart, kidney, that kind of stuff that we get, we uh, we add that to the, their foods because that's really the what the part that they're really missing. Um, but for the most part, our, our dogs get uh, Victor dog food. Um, we like it. We trust it. Mm-hmm. Our five dogs, our five Malinois lives in our house. You mm-hmm. can hear them. They're in my office right now. Yeah. Um, three of them sleep in our bedroom at night on the floor. None of them get on our bed. That's the only place they are not allowed. Mm-hmm. Um, so two of them, one at the foot of the bed and one on each side of the bed, and then the two males sleep out in the in the living area. Um, so that's, you know, where they are. And then I have a whelping, separate whelping area. And then, you know, we live on 10 acres, and we have, you know, sections of yards, you know that are fenced off so when we leave we separate we we separate dogs and when once in season we separate them etc but uh, for the most part they they live in the house with us five of them we have so you nailed it right there is an off switch mm-hmm. and to have an off switch you have to keep the dog physically and mentally uh exercised right mm-hmm. so you can't have any dog that is not physically exercised with an off switch it's like they always have to pee mm-hmm. you know they're good they're they they got to move right 
So one of the key elements in having an off switch is keeping the dog exercised. Mm -hmm. But then training the dog to have that off switch, meaning it has a place and it can't get up and and, uh, has the command to get up. So it it is in the the training and the exercising uh, of the dog. So it is a relationship that you create with the dog. Um, it, It must be a good relationship. And there are some certain techniques that we employ here that, that gets you to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's, it's possible with all of them. People will say that it has no off switch. Well, you just has an off switch. You just haven't found where it's at. Mm-hmm. As far as training world, it's really been Scott Bakula that's been, you know, my, my mentor and, and trainer. He's a national champion. Mm-hmm. He, he loves the German Shepherd, bless his heart, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he's a, a great guy, great trainer, probably the Caney Corso. Uh-huh. I really love them dogs. Nice drivey dogs, big dog. You know, I, I, I do love them. I, you know, not to say that, that, you know, there's some health issues as far as the that dog goes, so you have to be really careful. But I really like the Aussie as well. I think that's a really fantastic dog. Yeah. You know, there's been some great ones. I love that little schnauzer. That yeah. little schnauzer. I love that little dog. Yeah. You know, um, so if I was going to pick one, that'd probably be it. You know, I not really appreciate you having me. You know, it's a, it's been a good talk, and... Yeah. Um, you know, I just encourage people to get training with their dogs, working with their dogs, love their dogs. Um, get training from a lot of the different people, listen to a lot of different people, and nothing negative. Take nothing negative from anybody. You know, uh, take that and set it aside because it means nothing. You know, you know, any negative thoughts or actions, you know, give you 100% uh, result, negative results. So don't listen to that noise. You know, stay positive and, and love your dogs. I mean, it, it's hard loving dogs because they die on us. <laughs> right. It's so hard. Yeah. You know, it's heartbreaking. These dogs, dogs can be heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, as much joy as they give us, the people that really want them and love them, you know, it, it, it can be heartbreaking. So, um, but, you know, and a lot of people don't want to get another dog when they lose one. But you know what? The best thing you can do is to, to move on and give another one a home. And, and work with that dog. So. Yeah, I totally agree. Very well. I appreciate it very much, sir. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for your time. Yes, sir. Thank you. We'll oh, see you. Bye. Out of the ashes, we will rise.